Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. This week's Military Spotlight episode for part of a three-part series, and I'll probably do more in honor of Red Friday remembering everyone deployed, is William Bronnen. William Bronnen owns Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery, its main focus is to help trauma and help veterans deal with their trauma without turning to things like alcohol or substances. So this CBD company is focused on true and active recovery. He himself is a 26-year veteran Navy SEAL. And this story really, really captivated me because, oh my gosh, it means a lot. And ever since my husband's gotten back from deployment, I have to be very vulnerable and let you guys know that I straight up am not having a good time. I have activated PTSD, and once I kick the hornet's nest, it has been a lot. And I'm coming towards the tail end of it. In fact, as I release this episode, I'm currently in flight to Hawaii. Uh, so when I get to Hawaii, William, I really need to buy you a beer and thank you and introduce you to my husband. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story. I can't wait to share this. And listeners, All we ask is that you have a little more empathy for the military community. And remember, I am a military spouse, but that is just one part of me. And thank you guys for listening. Hey, how's it going? It's awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And at the time of recording, this is my last interview before I moved to Hawaii. I'm really excited. Uh, To my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the very excited, lovely voice you're hearing is coming to me from the island I'm moving to, which I'm very excited about, William Brenham. William, would you like to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, et cetera? So maybe I should practice my elevator pitch before we went live, but uh, I'll just go ahead and give it a shot right here. So my name is William Branham. I am a 26 year uh, veteran. I was a, of those 26 years, I was in the SEAL teams for 23. I spent some time in the regular Navy and uh, I have since retired. I've started a couple of companies. The most recent company that I've started is a CBD company. Uh, and really our mission is we, we focus on the, um, to really help veterans recover from you know, some traumatic events, uh, and also to help veterans transition out of the military, because quite honestly, that was probably mm-hmm. the hardest military mission I've ever been on and still am actually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand that because there is not enough, uh, resources to my listeners. If you're new to this podcast coming through, uh, coming through my guests today, you might not know me, but I am a military spouse. That doesn't mean anything in this grand scheme of things. But what I do know is that it takes a lot. It, there's no one program, just like there's no one program for spouses, there's no one program for veterans to really rehabilitate them into society, especially from a very rigid um, rule oriented kind of situation. Um, It can be a very tough adjustment. And ultimately there are a lot of veterans that can fall through the cracks. So I really love what you're doing in your mission. And that's actually why I 
pushed to get this um, on the books before I moved because I really wanted to be able to eventually, um, you know, connect you to my husband because he's terrified to get out. <laughs> I was terrified. I was in complete denial. So my last job in the in the SEAL teams was I was at the at the at a headquarters here in Hawaii, and my job was to find solutions to problems that we had. So mm -hmm. contrary to popular belief, we do not have a huge uh, research and development uh, budget. We actually have none. We don't have the authorities to do research and development. But what my job, what we have, but we have problems that we need to solve: right. technology problems, other kind of problems. And so my job was to go out and find solutions to these technology problems that we had. And so in the, the really the first six months, I didn't really know what I was doing. And still at the end of three years, the last three years, I still didn't really know what I was doing, but I was able to go out and find $16 million of, of other people's money to uh, try and solve some of the problems that we have right. uh, in, in the SEAL teams, so. Yeah, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm currently I live in San Diego, and I know that there's like uh, isn't there a training facility out here, kind of on the Strand, um, on Coronado Island, yeah. Yep. Or, yep. And yeah, I've, I've, not really I've, an island, but well, yeah, it's it's like a for my listeners who aren't who aren't familiar, if you've never been to the San Diego County, um, Coronado is like there's a base on there. It's it's typically known for the carriers and the and the aeronautics and and planes and stuff. And then there's the 32nd Street, which is what my husband was attached to, that has like you know just you know plane Jane ships. And then there's the SEAL um, training facilities out there on Silver Strand, which connects towards Imperial Beach and, and whatnot. And there'll be times where I remember I remember my husband and I were moving to San Diego and he was trying to show me these areas and I was just overwhelmed because I'd never been around that much military um, coming from a satellite situation where he was on a joint billet, which is where we met, where there was no ocean and there was no possibility of a deployment. I had no idea what I was looking at. And it was very overwhelming for me to kind of like learn my place, especially as a wardroom spouse, learn my place on a sea command. But I will never forget, we're driving past on the silver strand and I just see like some seals doing some training. And I'm like, it's we had in like January or something. They're just running on the beach. And I'm like, that looks hard. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't do it. That's for sure. Um, but I, I remember that burned into my brain quite, quite well. And then, you know, I always ask my husband questions because I never want to be ill-informed. And, um, I've always said that I don't know what I want to do next career-wise. Cause I lost my, I lost my job, um, due to the coronavirus last year. And I started podcasting, which is kind of where this came from. But I also um, know that I have such a heart for military based on my husband. Like this is his only career. He enlisted at 18 and then he uh, commissioned, uh, you know, about 11 years in. Um, and he has, he always says, I have no idea how I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in leadership. I have no idea. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? And um, so I've seen, and I'm also am friends with a lot of female officers and enlisted people. So I have a big heart for it. Um, I don't know what I want to do with it. I've done some volunteer and some advocacy work in the last year. Um, but then as the virus mutated, I kind of had to stop that just because I was one of one. He was deployed. I was like, I don't want to die. So <laughs> I've, I've done some some work with the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and, and whatnot. But um, I don't know what I want to do. But I know that I have a voice and I want to help in whatever way I can. So that was kind of exciting to get your message um, just to, to kind of hear your story and kind of um, give a little spotlight to what you're doing. Cause I think it's very valuable. And, and yeah, again, I, I was in complete denial about getting out of the military. As a matter of fact, as I was the day before my last day in the Navy, the day before I was still answering emails on my Blackberry. Oh no. We use Blackberry. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, well, um, I guess I don't need to answer any more emails after this one. And so I, I sent the email and said, this will be my last transmission send and then I went to the communications department handed them my my phone my blackberry and it's like I guess you guys probably need this now I could have stayed I could have kept going but you know at the end of the day the military only lets you stay for a certain amount of time and they don't care what your rank is or what job you do they're like okay your time is up yeah and there are some exceptions to push it a little bit a few more years my husband um, <laughs> but uh for the most part yeah. Once your time is up, your time is up and they're making room for the new generation. 
Yeah, that is true. And my husband's in a kind of a, he's in an industry that um, it's very lucrative on the outside. And so they're having a hard time keeping people in, uh, whether it's enlisted or whether it's uh, uh, on the um, commissioned side. So uh, they, he took this C tour so that he could promote, right? Like, so he could get 04. He's 03 right now. He he wants to be 04, right? And so when you want, like, once you're commissioned, then I mean, I'm telling you what you already know, but like, then, then it's, then it's now you got to keep going up. And if you don't go up, then we'll retire you out basically. And when you're, you're yeah. right, when your time's up, your time's up. And so he has in his career right now, if he just stays Lieutenant, they'll still let him go to 20. And he's, he doesn't have to, cause they want to keep him in the valuable people. in. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately they're just not able to staff up in the way that they need. And that's pretty much the military in a nutshell <laughs> where, yeah. you know, it's just, there's not enough of anything and things go bad. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I had a, we, our command had a really horrific thing that happened last year that really changed, I think everyone's life that was involved with it, um, before they deployed. So. Uh, I think that is also a reason that I feel so connected now. And I didn't think I needed my military community as much as I did um, until like one, the pandemic, and then two, we, there was this really awful accident that had happened on a workup. Um, and, and it was like, okay, like this is now something that's changed my life forever. Like I'm always going to have like a tie to the military some way, shape or form, whether or not my husband's in. And even when he leaves the military, just like you're saying, there's no rehabilitation one way, shape or form or the other, it's going to make it kind of difficult to, um, to lose that militant mindset. Right. So, I mean, he'll develop yeah. things while he's in the military, uh, that he can use when he gets out. And yeah. there is a lot of opportunity and I can talk about you yeah. when, you know, when you guys move here. Yeah. And we can connect and, and, and have that discussion, yeah. but for sure it's, it's, it is definitely, they call yeah. it a transition and yeah, I call it, I call it a mission. Well, it's, it's funny because, so I, you know, I'm, I'm civilian and go through the corporate realm, right? I've never been in the military. If, if, if I got yelled at once, I'd just burst into tears. I'm not meant for it. I don't know how my girlfriends that are officers do it. I have no idea. Um, because I, I, I cried at the second Disneyland open, you know, I, I'm just very emotional. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Um, but, uh, my husband, so I had an employee and the employee was kind of ailing me and I kept bringing it home, bringing work home, which, which wasn't great. And he was like, well, have you thought about just telling him to fuck off? And I was like, no, like, I can't do that. I have an HR department. He's like, what, what's an right. HR department? So I have to explain like, no, you can't do that. So yeah, I think, I think that scares him a little bit once he goes into the realm. And I think his goal is to work on some, some government contract stuff as he transitions out. And then eventually it's like, shoot, like, it would be really nice to own like a cocktail bar or something and like not worry about stressful stuff and who cares about, you know, the ships and deployment and all of that. So eventually he wants to get completely out, but there, every time he thinks about getting out, he gets very scared. And he says, what do you think I would be good at? And I'm like, I think you'd be good at everything. I don't, I don't know what, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, the Navy's the only job I've ever worn a shirt for. He was a lifeguard before that. That's the joke. And so he's like, I don't know what I want to do. So, so anyway, so to, to, to touch on that and stuff, what you're doing is amazing. I'm excited. Thank you for reaching out to me. Let's start with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Absolutely not. I'm just like I said, like transitioning from the military was easily the hardest military mission I've ever been on. And right. I've been deployed into, you know, combat zones a lot. And, you know, we've, we've gone on missions where we're like, we, we think it's, you know, it's going to be a quick in and out. And we're out there for two and a half weeks later, still engaged in, in operations. Right. And, uh, you know, and in, in, in those, in those times, you're, you think that you're, you know, Black Hawk Down did a really good job of sort of telling this story where guys are like, I don't need night vision. I don't need water. I don't need anything. We're just going to go out there and come back. And they ended up being out there for all about, about 24 hours. Helicopters were getting shot down, things like that, you know, mm -hmm. and that was, you know, that was only like a one day of real, like serious combat operations. And, you know, when you go through, through SEAL training, you know, you have this event called Hell Week and it's five and a half days of no sleep. And actually we get to, we slept about two and a half hours that week, um, which the sleep was actually the worst part of it was waking up from that sleep. Um, mm -hmm. Even it was worse than the cold because now it was dry and warm. And now I had to go hit the, you know, the Pacific ocean 
in in February, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, people are like, oh, Southern California, so sunny and beautiful and whatever. It's cold there, you know. It is. It is. It's hot, it is. It's hot uh, for about two months of the year, and the water is warm for about those two months. The rest yeah. of the time, it's cold. Yeah. And uh, people don't believe me when I tell them, but it, it, it's it's frigid. Um, and that's what makes most people quit. But as far as having it figured out, absolutely not. I'm like, I am, I, I actually wrote down when you were talking, you know, transition is really, is a mission. Transition from the military, transition from one job to another, transition from, you know, being a, you know, a single person to married person, being a, you know, a, a married couple to a family, all those transitions, those are, those equal mission. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you go on a mission, you plan and, you know, up, and then you execute, you, you plan for it and you execute it. I didn't plan that well when I left the military, mm-hmm. I thought I had a plan mm-hmm. and, but I didn't really know how to execute the plan because no one had ever taught me how to do it. Right. And so I'm still figuring it out. So what I have actually done is I've gone out and I've, and I've hired coaches to help me because in the military, no matter what mission it was, they always taught me how to do the job. They taught me, you know, how to shoot. And if we, you know, if they wanted us to shoot faster, they went and hired shooting coaches. Even when I taught sniper school, I wasn't, we weren't, the, the sniper instructors weren't the best long range shooters. We have a, an, an NRI, NRA super master champion on staff that would teach finer details of marksmanship so that we could have better long range shooting so we could be better at what we did. So now that I'm, I'm out of the military, I'm out of that ecosystem and I'm building my own ecosystem. I I'm far from having it figured out, but I'm reaching out to people I'm finding and trying to surround myself with the experts who, who are even still trying to figure it out themselves in the business world, but they have the success. And so I am learning from their successes and they're teaching me how to be successful in, in the civilian world because yeah. no one ever taught me how to do that. Yeah. Because I've mean, been I, in the military yeah. my entire adult life. Yeah. That's my concern with my husband because it's like, okay, so Scott is, you know, he's going to be like 38 or 30, like maybe maybe 40 maximum when he gets out. Well, he's, I'm turning 32 in a couple of weeks. He's turning 34. I don't know why I, I went to Sylvan. My, sometimes I just can't math in my head. And I know it's, he's only two years ahead of me. Right. So uh, we're two years, two days apart. Um, and uh, he, I, I think his thing, his thing, and I'll never forget this is when we, when we first started dating, he took me to a, a dining out event, which is a wardrobe event, which is, you know, just fodder. It's dumb. I, I hate going to events. We got married on the Navy's birthday, which is October 13th for the for reason of not having to go to like balls and, and whatnot. That's actually my birthday. No way. Yeah. So I'll be, yeah. I'll be married for four years this, um, this 13th on the 13th. There you go. So you were born on the Navy's birthday. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, um, maybe I'm sure that maybe it was. That. Yeah. And it was also a Friday the 13th when we did get married four years ago. Um, but uh, he took me to this event and it was a dining out and I never had gone anything like this. And I, and I was still sort of removed from that. What's it like to be in the military? What's military like? Cause he shielded me from a lot of it. Cause we, again, we were short command, right? So he was short command. So he was in a different situation and he was working on completely communication things. So I didn't really know what I didn't know, but then, uh, I was outside. I think I was like waiting in line for a bathroom or something. And, uh, this, uh, this, chief comes up to me like a senior chief comes up to me and she's like hey like are you are you are you ltjg's because at the time he was ltjg are you ltjg's girlfriend i said yes i said yeah that's my husband and of course i don't know ranks or rates or whatever um because you know we've been only dating like two months or so and she goes yeah um i would just like to give you this feedback that he's a little too empathetic and kind to his sailors and that's just not how we do things (laughs) and i burst into motherfucking tears i was like what does that mean? I go to the bathroom. And so I tell Scott and he, his face turns stone cold and he's like, uh-huh. She said that. Which one? Point to her. Okay. Got it. And he was like, you're not going to talk to my girlfriend like that. Like about that. He was like, I am good at my job and I don't need you to tell me that I'm too empathetic towards my sailors. And, and that is something that I realized is an asset that he has that not everyone in the military does have that empathy that, um, human connection, that willingness to take a step back. Um, right. And that made me one, fall in love with him way more and to respect him. 
so much. And so I've always taken that approach as being a spouse. So that's like why I do things like the FRG or like the Navy Marine Corps Release Society stuff. But, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so like, it's like, he has those skills that will be really easily transferable. It's just going to take a bit to get rid of that militant kind of aspect. Um, there was a Marine when I was po- producing a podcast for my my old job, actually, it was just how I started, got into podcasts. I was, I produced one for my boss and he was talking about how he was taking his GI bill. And his biggest issue was that all of the college kids around him, one, he felt like the oldest person there. Cause he's in his thirties. And for, I think he was like in his early forties and had been in for uh, probably as long as you uh, were. And, and finally got out. He got medically discharged. And then he was like, I guess I'll retire. So he retired out, took his GI bill and he's going to class and he's wanting to learn. And everyone's showing up around him way too late, too late, too passive, not on time, not to the point. And he said, it's really hard on me. I don't know how to turn it off. Right. Yes. (laughs) So I I, I would encourage entrepreneurship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. I agree. And that's, I think another thing, I have a friend that used to be in the army and she, um, there's, there's this thing called in Denver and I think New York city called bunker labs that helps out, um, veteran veterans basically start businesses. There's, I mean, there's so many resources. This is the thing. There's so many resources. It's just figuring out which ones you can kind of like tweak together to like make it work. Um, right. and, and like there, there's going to be so much about it like I, a lot of times I've seen really successful, like realtors and salespeople after they were in the military, because they just don't say, they don't take no for an answer. They just go for it. Um, so I don't know what Scott's going to do. We'll see when you meet him. He's a goofball. He loves to do craft cocktails. Like it's his favorite thing. Um, he's super, um, into like, he used to be super into CrossFit on Oahu. He used to do that. I think the, he was stationed there 2013 to, 2016. And then I met him at the end of 2016. So, um, he's excited to go back. We're excited to go. I'm nervous today. In fact, I was actually trying, I had, I had to call the Hawaii agriculture. And then I remembered that you were, you guys are two hours behind and they weren't open yet three hours. Um, to get three hours now. Oh, cause you yeah. guys, we just had a time change. We don't yeah. change the clock. Everyone else does around yeah. us. So yeah. in, the, in the winter we're, we're two hours behind California. And in the summer we're okay. Three hours. Behind. That would make sense why I sat on hold for like an hour. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't even look at the time. I just figured. So um, my dog is my, I have a little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He's, he's, he's got his favorite results for the tithers test of rabies to get him on the Island. Cause Hawaii doesn't want rabies snakes or COVID. So, um, so I, I, I called to verify cause I haven't seen it in my inbox and they finally sent it to me a copy of it. So I have it. And then I could, I'm looking for his microchip number on their intake sheet so that I can match it up so I can send in his paperwork. And I'm of course doing this all while my husband's still deployed and I'm handling everything. And uh, he owes me so many things when he gets back. But um, yeah, so let's talk about imposter syndrome because I'm, I'm sure you felt this kind of within your entrepreneurship, maybe starting a business. Um, so what does imposter do you feel like you fit in or suffer from an imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you that was a lot of questions really quickly but i will uh i i certainly i certainly suffer uh on a daily basis from imposter syndrome because so for pretty much my entire military career they have said you know Mm -hmm. you know given the job that i did they're like do not advertise the nature of your work do not Ah. go out and tell people that you're a navy seal do not whatever and i stuck with that and like Mm -hmm. my thought was like no one needs to know what i do because sometimes when i do a lot of the questions i get are how many people have you killed what do you blah blah blah. how do you whatever and i'm like okay we're not going to talk about that um we're on an airplane we're whatever so i (laughs) you know maybe i'm a roofer or i'm a contractor or i'm a whatever so i you know would maybe make things up and now as i'm transitioning out of the military they're like okay uh, Google yourself and see what's out there on the web. There's nothing about me. I didn't have any social media. I had LinkedIn just because I knew that at some point I needed to transition. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know when or really what my role would be or anything like that. So I had LinkedIn and that was about the only thing you could find about me. And I didn't have anything really about myself. Like I didn't even have like, uh, I was maybe I said I was in the Navy. That was probably about it. But um you know, now they're like, okay, you need to like have a, a, a digital footprint about who you are and what you do. Well, first of all, no one needs to know that I'm a Navy SEAL. Well, 
and they've told me my entire career that don't tell anyone that you're a Navy mm -hmm. SEAL. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Now I have to like get over that. Like I have to retrain myself to, to actually say it's okay being a Navy SEAL. And I've had this conversation with a lot of guys recently that are getting out or, or have gotten out. And I'm like, bro, on your, on your, um, Oh, what is that app that's very popular right now? It's like Club. a live uh, Club. clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. And like, so you need to like write retired or former Navy SEAL like as the first bullet because that gets yeah. people's attention. You know, they you know they don't tell you know professional football players or basketball players or anyone like that that when you retire, don't tell anyone that you weren't a professional ball player or a professional athlete or Olympian um, because you're not supposed to talk about that. And, and certainly don't use that to try and get people to follow you or buy your product or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, you know, when I got out, I was still kind of, you know, falling in line with that. And I still have that. I still struggle with that on a daily basis. I'm like, who am I? I'm just a regular guy. I don't have that. Like, why would people listen to me? And then I go to like, whatever, you know, YouTube and I watch Jocko or David Goggins or whoever. And I'm like, okay, they're not saying anything that I wouldn't say. So why right. is it okay for them and not for me? So, so, so I have to change my own mindset yeah. and be okay with, um, you know, putting myself out there in the world. Those guys are doing it. Why, why can't I? And there's, you know, those are just like the two, I think probably most popular Rob O'Neill is mm -hmm. another person that's, that's very popular in, in that world. He doesn't produce a lot of content mm -hmm. like those two guys do, but you know, and, and I know Rob, Rob, I went to buds with Rob. So, um, but you know, it, it took a long time for me to get out of that mindset of don't talk about myself. Don't talk about what I've done. And I'm naturally an introvert. So I don't like to talk about myself, but yeah. in order to, grow and expand and just to grow as a person I have to talk about myself yeah. I should share the lessons that I've learned uh because I'm really in a service industry I'm providing a service to you and I and I think that's really the the most important part of what I'm doing and sort of the message that I'm I'm trying to share is is to be of service and you know finding your you know your husband will will try to figure this out when he gets out and maybe in honestly, he, you know, about three years out, he should start trying to figure this out is figure out what you want to do, figure out what your why is. And I had a, a podcast with a, with a, a buddy of mine who was in the SEAL teams with me uh, a few weeks ago. And he was like, how do you figure out what your why is? And mm -hmm. for me, that took a long time. And I had all these, you know, you know, millionaires and billionaire entrepreneur coaches who are like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, fill in the blank? And it took me a while to figure that out. And what I eventually, like, so right now I have a CBD company mm -hmm. and for naked, it's called Naked Warrior Recovery. And my why was I struggled with, with, you know, I'm not going to call it PTSD, but I certainly struggled with baggage that I have mm -hmm. baggage from what I've done, things, experiences in the military. I have baggage from toxic relationships, mm -hmm. which I think is probably more baggage than what it, you know, my time in the military. Um, and I would use alcohol to, as a medicine, I guess, to sort of cover those, um, mm -hmm. cover some of that up just to sort of calm the noise, quiet the noise in my head. And that was certainly not healthy. Um, just so that I could close my eyes at night. And so eventually I found CBD. It, worked for me, but it was in a very incremental basis. It wasn't like I took it, it was this magic pill and everything was better. I just noticed over time, things got better for me. It was, it was just less bad. Mm -hmm. There was still some bad stuff. You know, you know, I like to say that water boils at 212 degrees and I was living at like 210 degrees. So it didn't <laughs> take very much to like flip the switch to like, to, you know, uncontrollable anger. I mean, I controlled it, but I couldn't think straight. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't like, flying off the wall, but I certainly had, you know, issues on what I thought about and how I thought about things. So, um, and decisions that I would make. So what happened over time is, you know, I moved from like 210 degrees, like very incrementally over like a 30 day period, I was probably down to like 180 degrees. It took about 30 days to get there and some pain in my body was less bad, still hurts, but less bad. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I tried another brand and I had some similar results because when I stopped taking CBD, things started coming back. And then, you know, I was, I'm interested in the CBD industry and, you know, right around the time where people are talking about what's your why I'm out of the military at this point. And then someone starts talking about veteran suicide mm -hmm. and currently with the, the, the veteran, the veteran affairs has estimated that 22 veterans kill themselves every single day. We've lost more veterans to suicide than we have to combat. Mm -hmm. That is bad. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Um, so that's, so that has turned into my why. So CBD yeah. helped me to, it was a modality to help me get into a better mindset so that I had better self-talk so I could have better sleep so I could have better recovery so I could have just a better overall attitude um, about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so now I'm trying to use, I want, I'm trying to get CBD into as many veterans, hands, bodies as I can so that they can, you know, overcome whatever the, the challenges that they have, but they're, they're physical, right. emotional, uh, mental, psychological, whatever those challenges are. And, um, and, and, and so that's my why. And so yeah. as I go down the road of an imposter syndrome, sometimes I just have to get over myself. I have to figure out what my why is. And if people don't know about this, if people don't, um, if I am, if I don't just sort of man up for the lack of a better term and, put myself out there and be vulnerable and sort of expose myself to maybe it's expose myself to hate. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but get out there and, and show people, Hey, this is something that may be able to help you. And, um, and, and so I just have to get over my imposter syndrome because initially I'm like, why would people listen to me? <laughs> right. Right. So I want to just um, thank you for, um, being authentic in the way that you're doing this. And I know that probably took a little bit to get to there, but a lot of the times I see veteran owned stuff, I just see hokey, hokey shit. Like, it's like, right. oh yeah, like I'm military, I get, but and it's like, no, like, like that's why like, there's a lot of realtors that are vultures if they're veterans because they prey on the VA loan kind of thing. There's, that's a whole other thing. But I, I like that you're coming at it from an approach of like, okay, well, if no one's gonna take this into their own hands and. And, and understand that there are other things than just medicating with alcohol to quiet your stuff or just or not knowing like the yeah, pharmaceutical like, industry. Right. Like I have I have jars of of you know pills from the military that I refuse to take. Right. And I the the approach you have, like even when I was looking at your website right before we pressed record, it's like I don't see that this is a hi, I'm a Navy SEAL, buy from me. It's just, I know what you're feeling and, and I can understand and empathize. And this is why it's important. It's not it's not hokey or salesy at all, I don't think personally. And I, when you talk, I hear authenticity. And that is when imposter syndrome actually kind of goes away is once you kind of get out of your own way and you realize what is important to you and what you're passionate about, your imposter syndrome kind of gets out of the way. Um, my husband's actually extroverted introvert. I'm definitely very extroverted, but over time in the last year, I've realized that I kind of, I, I love being a hermit in my house. I house is safe. Love it. Um, I am fully vaccinated now with antibodies and stuff. I made sure I got that before we moved to Hawaii. Cause I'm pretty sure they're going to start requiring it. But, um, so I just like the approach that you have. And so I wanted to say thank you for that because I, you know, sometimes we get stuff. My friend, Derek Galsbind, he has a podcast called once upon a boot and he started it because his therapist was like, you really need to start, like he was uh, in the Navy for eight years. He was, you need to start, you know, decompartmentalizing your feelings on this military stuff. And maybe the best way to do it is to have conversations with other veterans to kind of come together and just talk about the everyday bullshit. Because a lot of the times in military, it's all about the valor and the grit and the grind and you, and your job put you in that valor and grit and grind. But there was also days where you did nothing, right? And you just sat around and, you know, and so he kind of wants, he had a podcast from that perspective. Um, and, you know, you're echoing a lot of things that he said to me in the past uh, when he was on my podcast. And I think um, I'm similar to you in some ways where 
um, I decide I need to be the voice because no one else is going to do it. Like I, I know that like with being a military spouse or when I don't like something, or if I want to stand up for something, I use my voice because I know that I don't want anyone else to feel that way or underserved or, um, upset, uh, like I'm very right. passionate about, about underemployment for spouses. I think um, spouses are severely underserved in a lot of ways. Um, and the opportunities, they kind of, they, they get, they're seen as less than, less permanent. That's like something I'm pretty, pretty passionate about um, as well as veteran stuff, you know, and how we need to help our community. So I just want to thank you for that. And I, I love it. And the branding looks great by the way. So um, let's talk about success. What does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Success. Um, I was kind of dwelling on the imposter syndrome there, uh, <laughs> and and it it, it it totally covers that. Um, so success. I, I'll go back to the why is, you know, making that twenty two to zero. Really, is mm -hmm. sort of the goal. Mm -hmm. Is you know, and and really going back to that whole twenty two uh, a day from the VA is actually new numbers came out, and I think it's upward close to 26 a day now oh, after this last year yeah. of, of sort of lockdown. So the, the mission has gotten harder. Uh, so therefore the voice needs to be bigger. So success for me is, is really making that number, whether, whether it's 22, 26, 15, making it less. If I can make it less by one, awesome success. If I can make it less by a hundred percent, awesome success, but just make, impacting one person in a way that will make the, help them make better decisions and not, you know, leave before it's their time is that is success to me. And that's, that goes back to my why. And that goes back to, you know, the whole purpose of, you know, my, my new mission. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I like that you're saying it's a moving target. Um, uh, and I, I, it's nice to kind of, uh, it's refreshing to like hear, you know, that every time I hear it from people of like, what they're passionate about, what they care about. Um, and I agree. Um, I was actually curious when you were saying 22, I was like, there's no way that it hasn't gone up in the last year. And then you validated it by saying, yes, yeah. it's not meaning to laugh about that. It's not good. But I was curious too, because I know re-enlistment re numbers are really low right now based on this pandemic. And I also know that like suicide rates have clearly gone up. Mental health yeah. has been at an all-time high. And you were in for 26 years and being a Navy SEAL, it's a little different. But something my husband's noticed in the last about five or so years is that mental health and like going to psych or going to talk to someone is actually not frowned upon anymore because they want to combat that suicide rate. Um, right. which is good, but also like, I think about it too, of like where my husband's at in his career and like, it probably won't affect him as much. And maybe someone who's really, you know, baby sailor or baby soldier or something might have a harder time feeling comfortable going to ask for help. Um, do you have any like insight into the mental health climate of current enlisted people or people who are currently active duty? I mean, really, I think you have more insight than I do, Yeah. but I know that it's definitely, as I was transitioning out, it was being looked at a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we do a, a, a pretty hard job, mm -hmm. um, but there's other jobs that I, I believe are much harder, in, especially in, in combat roles. Um, you know, we try to set ourselves up for success when we go into combat. Mm -hmm. And then there are other branches, specifically the army and the Marine Corps, you know, when they go in, they are, you know, sometimes they're just like, this guy's just sitting out on the street of Baghdad or somewhere in, in, in Afghanistan, and they're just there and people are just shooting at them or, you know, pull up to them with a, with a, you know, a suicide mm -hmm. vehicle born mm -hmm. IED. And, and I'm like, dude, that, I, that you couldn't pay me enough to do those jobs. So, yeah. but I think because a lot of what you just said, you know, there has been high levels of suicide in the military uh, and in veterans that the military is making a conscious effort to address that where they're not stigmatizing, even, especially in my community, not stigmatizing, you know, going and talking to a shrink, but you also have to get past the, and I've, I've spoke, talked to, to several psychiatrists and mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know that, how are you going to help me? And really at the end of the day, it's not about the, that person really helping you. 
it's just they may give you a different perspective to think about things. Right. And, right. you know, when you, you know, we live in a, in a very closed world and we all have our ego on, we wear our armor and that's part of what get naked is, is we wear our armor because we've been attacked and we don't want to get hurt. And at some point you have to like take that armor off. You have to take that ego off and get naked and sit sit it in the corner yeah. and, and, and look for help because if there's resources there and you're not using them, right. that's kind of your fault. So use what you have given to you. It's free. Take yeah, it, please. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and use it. You just have to like, you have, the hardest thing really is to get naked is to like, take your ego off and put it in the corner and mm -hmm. admit that mm -hmm. you, it's not even admit that you have a problem, just be okay talking about it. And that's really the hardest thing. And that goes right back to imposter syndrome. Like right. it's not me. You need to help someone else. They're worse off than I am. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally can relate. Um, and, uh, um, another thing that I I've noticed over time with at least my husband, um, and, and, and I have other friends that are in the military is that it's so hard to separate military so-and-so from person. And so sometimes like with that transitioning of out, that can be very hard. Cause they're like, well, I don't know who I am without this. Um, because so like my husband always tries to make a conscious effort to like separate the two, but I mean, there's times where I notice he's just being militant Scott and I'm like, please don't, <laughs> but it's hard because you, you're told to you eat, sleep, breathe this thing. Right. And, and this is, this is more important than anything else. Mission's more important than anything else. And then afterwards you're left with this feeling of like, okay, who am I? How do I separate it? How do I, how do I reintegrate? How do I, you know, ask for help and imposter syndrome, like you said, oh no, people need help more than me. Like they maybe had a worse combat than me and saw more trauma than me. So I don't need to ask for the help. I'll just, I'll just shoulder it. Right. I see that a lot. I see that a lot. And a lot of my husband's friends, a lot of my friends. Um, so I do love what you're doing. I love your slogan. I mean, I'm my, my husband's probably gonna want to buy one of everything. I know it. Uh, cause it's like, it's stuff he would wear. And I, Lord help me if he wears one more macho man shirt, I swear. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're kind of like getting close to wrapping up. Um, and, uh, I, I, I kind of want to give you the floor to promote yourself and your company and kind of your mission and, and anywhere that my listeners can find you and, and maybe what they can do to get involved to kind of help combat this suicide rate. So, Okay. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that. Um, so I, again, you know, I, I started the company naked warrior recovery. You can find it at nw-recovery.com or you can type in, you know, naked warrior recovery, all one word. I changed it to NW because I didn't know if people wanted to write naked in their search <laughs> engine. So I, you, you know, it is what On it is. Ship, no. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, I have an Instagram where I put out, you know, most of my content is, is Instagram and it's at Naked Warrior Recovery, all one word. Um, and I have, you know, an apparel line and, and most of the apparel line is really, it's, you know, it's talk, it, it's the slogan is get naked. And people ask me, what does that mean? And, you know, kind of what I talked about earlier is, you know, it's, you know, it's about taking that ego off. It's about taking your armor off that, you know, you wear into combat. Well, in the, in the SEAL teams, we wear armor into combat, you know, when we go into harm's way, but then when we come back, we take it off and then we shower up and we get ready for the next mission, debrief, things like that. But in real life, we don't actually do that. So in, in real life, we have to learn how to take that armor off, take that ego off and get naked. And so naked, get naked is also, it's, it's an, an acronym for something else. So the get is just take action. And the naked is, you know, the N stands for never quit. And, and I don't mean like never quit, stop smoking, never quit smoking, you know, never quit trying to improve yourself. If you're mm -hmm. gonna, you know, take on a task, if you're gonna, you know, go on a mission, if you're gonna do whatever it is that you're gonna do in life, you know, don't quit, just keep going. I know it's hard. But yeah. when it gets hard, you chop those, that, those, uh, the, you know, even if it's like going to school, you know, I went back to school. Uh, I went from having a PhD, a public high school diploma to a master's degree in leadership in three years while traveling about 200 days out of the year. So it was very hard. 
Um, but I did it. I just shot, you know, some of those tasks that they assigned me to do were I, I like, okay, I'll read, you know, this much today and then I'll stop because I don't feel like doing this anymore. So, but I'll at least get to a stopping point and then I'll get to another stopping point. So never quit. The N is for never quit. The A is for accept failure. Failure is the greatest teacher in the world. Failure is the thing that has created more success than anything else because the people who took action and failed, they learned a lesson. You know, I've learned the, some of the biggest lessons of my life through failure. Even if someone was telling me to do something a certain way, I'm hard-headed. I don't listen that well. And maybe I'm not that smart either. Maybe I missed the lesson. I don't know. So I would do it and then I would do it. And then I would, I've never been successful by doing things right. I've only really truly been successful by stacking failures and by taking action and failing, take action, fail. And then when I finally get that win, I'm so much higher than I was than if I had just done it the way someone told me. Like I needed to figure all these things out. I mean, uh, you know, um, I've forgotten people's names. Maybe I should write them down before I, I do interview. <laughs> I, I forget, I forget names. I'm good with faces. Um, you know, the, you know uh, Thomas Edison, he discovered 10,000 different ways to not create a light bulb. You know, he had 10,000 failures before he finally created the incandescent light bulb. So that, you know, he accepted the failure. Okay, don't do it that way. Change it. Don't do it that way. Change it. Fail, 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 fail. Success. So, you know, you, you learn your greatest lessons through failure. So accept failure. The K is for kill mediocrity. Society is full of just mediocre stuff. And if you want to improve yourself in any way, whether it's just like wake up before, you know, don't hit snooze, that's a win. And so you're starting to kill mediocrity. You're starting to kill your mediocre life. So live a life that's extraordinary in whatever way it is. You know, you can still have imposter syndrome, but as long as you're making these, you know, incremental changes in your life, you're killing mediocrity. Every time that you, you know, have a win, you know, always you, you accepted failure and then you finally achieve that win. You're killing mediocrity. So kill mediocrity, expose your fears. That goes back to imposter syndrome. That goes back to like, what are people going to think of me? Do I have a message? Am I going to stutter when I'm trying to make a video? Am I going to forget my words? Am I going to forget the script? Am I going to forget like, you know, the guy's name that I'm trying to think about? Expose those fears. And so one of my business coaches, his name is Sharon Srivatsa. He likes to say fear does not exist on paper. So when you have these fears that are just like com completely consuming you, write them down on paper, pen and paper. Don't, don't type them out on the, your phone or your computer or whatever, write them on paper. Once you write it down and you see it and you read it and you say it out loud and maybe tell a friend, that fear doesn't exist anymore. You're like, what, why was I so scared? And the D is do the work. So again, going back to take action, take action in your life, take action in, you know, making a plan, take action in execution. And all of those things will, will help to get rid of your imposter syndrome. They will help you move the needle in your life. They'll help you kill the mediocre life that you're living. They will help improve relationships. They'll help improve business. They'll help improve whatever it is that you're in life. You just have to do the work. So that at the end of the day is what Get Naked is all about. Take off your armor, take off your ego, get busy, get naked and do the work. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that it's uh, completely inspiring. I think it's also obtainable. You sound like a person who has like a strong hustle drive that like is infectious for other people. So I I, I think I think you're doing really, really, really great things. In fact, I my, my husband actually messaged me. Um, I was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm talking to that guy. <laughs> so, um, and he was like, oh, he sounds real cool. So he was, he was excited to, he to hear about our interview and stuff. But um, this is why I feel so good about leaving off. Um, so my listeners are aware of this, but because I'm moving, my husband's coming back from deployment. I am going dark on interviews for a couple of months and you are my last one. And 
this is so near and dear to my heart. Like it was like kind of having like a really warm, fuzzy conversation for me because it's something I'm very passionate about as well. And I'm grateful that our paths cross. I think things happen for a reason, right? Like your birthday is the 13th. Right. My anniversary is the 13th. We're both moving. I'm my husband and I are moving back. You know, he's moving back to Oahu. I'm not, I'm moving there for the first time. Um, and I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to connecting in the flesh one day um, just to kind of, you know, meet you and, and treat you to my husband, because I think it would be a really, really good um, thing for him as well. But I, I know you've got, you know, places to be and things to do today. You're busy, ever busy. I'm busy as well. Um, so I'm going to wind this down. Do you have any parting advice for my listeners? I'm just going to, just like I just said, I, yeah. you just need to get, na- get naked. Get naked. At na- the end oh. of the day, just be get new. naked. Get naked. Yeah, I love that. To my listeners, you can take of course. Your clothes off, you can take your whatever <laughs> no, I love this. And to my listeners, of course, this is please don't kick me out of the podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, you want to connect with him, you want to know more about it, um, don't be shy. You can follow him. I'll put all those links in the description. And thank you so much, William. I so appreciate this conversation. Yes, um, it's it, I'm actually pretty much gonna get off this conversation and play it for my friend, my friend who's a lieutenant who's staying with me right now. Um, that's how much I liked it. So I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and i cannot wait to see you um on the island awesome looking forward to it safe travels on your way out here yeah thank you all right bye my goodness. I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my 90s fantasy. And I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch y'all. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.